With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. Norman Fenton is Professor Emeritus of Risk at Queen Mary University, London. He retired as a full-time professor in December 2022 and is a director of Agena, a company that specializes in artificial intelligence and Bayesian probabilistic reasoning. Just the person we want to talk to. And uh, I think uh, last time Norman was on this program was back in May, so quite a way back at about mid-May. Professor Fenton, fantastic to have you back on our program. I hope you're well. Yeah, it's nice to be back, yeah. We've got you, and um, a lot of people have been anticipating what you would make of the data, the whistleblower data out of New Zealand, um, and you know, all sorts of people have been talking about that out of the mainstream media. Steve Kirsch has been on this program, discussed it with Russell Brand. Everybody, sort of in a, in the particular circle that I listen to anyway, has been you know really talking about this, and we were wondering when it would get to Professor Fenton. So. Um, how would you characterize this data set? How would you describe it? Well, first of all, um, I think I slightly upset Steve Kirsch because I said that it that I didn't think there was a it was a smoking gun. Yeah, right. But, but I'm re- I'm in regular contact with, with Steve, and it was it was his the his anonymized version of it that that I actually um, oh wait I think there's a and that it's my computer just you know, I'm just going to out so it doesn't click in on the other zoom here right sure so yeah um yeah he he um i looked at his anonymized version of data set but i was kind of a little bit reluctant to take hold of that data set because of the issues you know around in the sort of the, the, the leak and the confidentiality of that but so I, I was mainly looking at his analysis actually i did look at i did look at you know, some of the original data, but I was mainly looking at his analysis. And also I was looking, I asked for some summary data to analyze. Okay. Because I wasn't really prepared to, um, you know, do all the stuff you need to do for a very large database. Yeah. All the search. I got some other people to, to do some of the searching and um, filtering to give me some of the data that, I felt was needed to analyze it in particular with respect to these, these supposedly strange deadly batches. But I looked at, I looked at, um, so I looked at Steve's analysis in particular and some of the charts he produced. And my view was that in the older age groups, certainly over 65, it was certainly showing the same kind of safety signal that we'd already seen back in 2021 for the UK Office of National Statistics data, i.e. that there was real evidence there that the all-cause mortality was increasing in the you know after the vaccination in that age group. It was less clear because because of the, you know, even it's a even though it's a big database, right? There's where there was like four million records in there. Um Corresponds to just I don't think two two million people. There are not enough. I know it sounds weird, but there aren't there aren't enough deaths in the younger age groups 
for you to get very, very clear statistical signals. This is an issue, you know, again, this comes back to the issue of not, in, you know, although you've got, it seems like you've got a lot of data, you haven't, you still haven't got enough data to really um, come up with, you know, definitive statistical conclusions there on, on that. But in the older age group, I believe there is, right? So to me, it's yet another important, really important data set with important evidence that the vaccines are doing harm, but it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not anything, it's not the smoking gun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then... The, those age issues, um, and um, I guess we're kind of familiar with what this data set is. It's from the, the sort of the payment system yeah. uh, that, that was uh, in, uh, that was being used to pay injectors to inject. And it didn't cover the entire population who were injected because there were, I think, another system operating as well, and and the rest of the data is in that. Is there anything, I suppose you can't tell, but the first question would be, in that particular data set, was it skewed to recording information of older people? Yeah. Exactly. There was a bias. There was a bias in it because there were a higher proportion of over 50s in there than in than in the well than in the vaccinated population in New Zealand if we believe the if we believe the data on who's been vaccinated in New Zealand but I mean a significant you know most people I guess it's you know they they claim it's what is about 90 percent in New Zealand well that was the claim yep yep so, so if you believe the figures on who's been vaccinated in New Zealand then that was a biased data set because it was disproportionately um, uh, biased towards elderly people. And, of course, that also meant that there was a disproportionately high number of deaths because of most of the deaths, of course, yep. not. Um, but the interesting thing is you can, of course, uh, do lots of analysis which uh, take account of that bias by just looking at the age, you know, just looking at in, in age, uh, different age classifications, which, which Steve did. And... And that's that's basically what I'm what I was commenting on because in the when you looked at it in the older age group, that's where you did see that's where you did see the signal where you know the you know the deaths increasing when they when they shouldn't have been they shouldn't have been after vaccination. And if that aligns with other numbers from other um, health systems around the world, that's something, isn't it? That that's significant, it is. isn't it? Well, yes. I mean, I, I believe that we've got significant evidence that yeah, yeah, that right. Damage, you know, to, you know. Well, let's put it like this way. Look, I'm not into. I don't think I'm not one of these who thinks that there's been a sort of a massive depopulation program here. I mean, we're not. Gonna, you're not going to see. You know, if, if there are a massive number, if there are millions of deaths, we certainly haven't seen them yet. They don't explain all of the excess deaths. I don't believe the vaccine explains all the excess deaths you're seeing around the world. I don't believe it explains all the excess deaths in New Zealand. I mean, there's a, I'm, I'm, I've always been a little bit uncomfortable about the way they measure excess deaths as well, because there are so many different ways of doing it. And it's so finely, um, it's, it's so um, sensitive to different definitions and different baselines and different adjustments to the changing demographics of countries, but you can see situations whereby if you change those slightly, the number of excess deaths can change significantly, right? So yeah. there's an about how we really measure excess deaths as well. Um, I'm not convinced that 
I think that the vaccines are a factor, an important factor in those excess deaths. I mean, I did an analysis in the UK based on the um, data from the yellow card system we have there and also data from theirs and also some, some, some kind of like historical data about the extent to which the proportion of these of, of adverse reactions which are and are not reported. And I came to the conclusion that about half of the excess deaths that we've had in the UK over a period probably were vaccine, probably were vaccine related. Right. Hmm. Uh, but even then, you're not talking about, we're not, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, tens, we're not talking about millions of deaths. We're talking about, you know, in the UK, you know, tens, I think I put it at something like, I believe they'd been over something around 30,000 uh, deaths from, from the, you know, it's still a lot, but yeah, it's not the millions. Yeah, it's not oh, but it's global like, depopulation. You know, the claims are dubious of the claims that there's, you know, there's been some claims that it's sort of 18, 20 million worldwide. I'm not convinced I've heard about that. that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so with New Zealand, um, you know, you're up, the, the number of excess deaths, again, there are various, there are, there are different accounts, there are different different accounts of how many excess deaths there are in New Zealand. I mean, the, <laughs> laughingly, I think the, gov the government claimed there wasn't really any excess deaths. Or no, uh, negative, I think. Um, yeah, so... And that's why we did were, so well. Hmm. Yeah, there were excess deaths. I mean, the, the other thing about the New Zealand data, which people have tried to say um, is, is, you know, uh, kind of like confounds what you're saying is this idea about when the when COVID came in you know, late. But again, the interesting thing there is you didn't get COVID until you had the vaccines. Yeah, so that's an interesting um, timing, isn't it? Because you can you can, you can join the the two together with a date stamp oh, almost. I'm a firm believer in the fact that the vaccines were creating were increasing, or either, um, yeah. I mean, we know the vaccines lead to increased COVID infection. Simple as that. That there's no doubt about. So they don't work. So there's that. Um, well, I'm curious to um, get um, your thoughts on like, the, these different batches and yeah. uh, and the kill rate. Let's call it that for one of a, another term um, from the different batches. We yeah, can say, is, can't we, uh, just on the face of that, that there seemed to be variability in the yeah. the output of the production process. Yeah, and we know, and we know that. You know, we've seen that. Um, there's been plenty of evidence of that, you know, in, in other places in the world. But I was told, see, I was told by, um, let's just, I don't know whether it, was, whether it was the whistleblower or people close to the whistleblower. Right. It was all of okay. it. Yeah. People who I was speaking to and stuff like that. But the reason, you know, at the beginning I said I asked for some certain sort of summary data and it was actually all about the batches. Right, because I was I was told that it was the it was the the batches those you know the the date on those batches which was kind of like the smoking gun here that they were so they were there was there was a number of batches which were so deadly so obviously deadly you know they were killing like twenty five percent of the people who who'd actually had that batch that this was the evidence that there could no be no other explanation than that the that the those that in those batches, the people were being killed by the vaccine. That's what I was told. Right. So I asked for the data. And what I asked for was give me then the data on 
all the badges, but the, in the following summary form, I wanted to know how many in each batch, how many people had had that uh, the vaccine from that batch. I wanted to know the um, obviously how many of those had then died subsequently, but I also wanted to know the timing, the average time uh, after taking the vaccine at which people died, and the also the average age. And the reason I wanted those last two figures is, is absolutely critical because think about it if you're giving a particular batch right at the beginning right at the start of the vaccine program to a bunch of very very old elderly people say in a care home if that batch is going to a care home of elderly people and if then after two years you look at the number of people who died which is what which is what is in the data you're looking it's over a period wherever since the start of the vaccine up until whenever it was the end of I can't, I can't remember now what the end period was for the most the the most recent deaths that recorded, but it, you know it's potentially a period of you know almost two years. Yeah, probably going to see a very high death rate because a lot of the, a lot of people if it, if, it's, if that care home had eighty five and over, almost all of whom were given that batch, they're already you know a lot of those people are on you know a, a close to death anyway. A lot mm. of them are going to die. And you don't know whether it's been from the vaccine. It probably isn't. Okay. So you want to make sure that that's not what is um, basically creating the illusion of a deadly batch. Anyway, I got the data and I didn't get all I got. All I got was the information about the number of doses from that batch and the number of deaths. And I, I, and I was told that there wasn't any great variability, that there was like, it was fairly consistent the batches were given there was no great differences in the age profile and the timing profile of those different batches that's what i was told so i did an analysis saying well if that's the case if it is the case that uh, these batches are really si were similar in terms of who they were given to and when they were given then it is impossible essentially that there wasn't some causal explanation for this these very yeah. very high numbers of deaths because what you had was that overall the death rate was something like uh one point i think it was 1.5 percent overall in all in all of the batches right and in actual fact the death rate for new zealand during that period was actually a bit higher so so it's a bit that was a bit you know that, that was a little bit strange but it basically it more or less is what you'd expect the death rate to be if there was no um if there was no problem but then you saw these batches where the, where these some of these batches in fact there were five batches where the death rate was over 10 percent, and you had one which was over 20 percent. and that's an and, and that was out of 100 i think it was out of out of 100 just over 100 batches in total yeah now the statistical analysis on the probabilistic analysis and i concluded that if there were if these batches really had been given to people of a similar age and all that sort of stuff then this was in you could not possibly observe five more than five batches with over 10 percent deaths in that period when the overall average death rate is under two percent right well it's, it's like it's the, the, the probability of observing that if there wasn't some causal explanation it's so far like, out right it's so f uh, yeah yeah one in the many many billions right you just don't use it it's impossible right right mm. 
possible, essentially. But of course, it's not. It's not. <laughs> when I then found out, actually, people telling me that no, actually, those those batches were, you know, there there were these these you know, the different age profiles and timing profiles, and therefore, I don't believe that. I mean, I still think that there are. Um, as we've seen everywhere else, there are more deadly batches than others because there are lots of reasons why the different production process, the different ways delivered. I mean, you've got um, uh, you've got things like Mark um, zero dose sort of bolus zero. I don't know if you know about that, which is that you get much great, incredible variability as a result of simply how you actually, you know, how you actually deliver the vaccine. Mm accidentally goes you know into the bloodstream as opposed to just the muscle you've got all of those factors and if you and what will happen and it does happen is that the certain uh, you know in certain centers certain vaccinators are going to do are going to do it you know let's say more carelessly than others right well there was no you, you aspiration could, exactly the aspirate that was a, I was just going to come just I'll try and think about the word whether you did aspiration yeah. or not and you've got and we know that there were you, you know about the the way the batches, the, the way that the, you know, the vials, the variability in the vials and the mixing process. And there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of reasons why you do get um, variability. You get the way it's stored, what temperature. And, you know, sometimes it can just be, you know, you can, because of the way you store it, it can be basically turned into mush and doesn't do any harm at all. Whereas other times, you know, it can be, you know, you might have the kind of like the real stuff and delivered yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Then you're going to, oh, Yeah. So even even see even at that level, putting mass medicating with a product that is so variable in quality is just well. And you know about you insane. know about the, bait, the actual you know with the Pfizer, the the vaccine that was mass produced manufactured was not was the vaccine. Yeah, that was in mass controlled trials. Wow. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, plenty of people here locally have been trying to shoot this data down using the age thing. It, it's yeah. incomplete. All those arguments. Um, I take it, and I'd be, I'm just the, the guy on the street when it comes to this, though, um, the, the, talking about this. But this could be cleared up very easily by whoever has the full set of data across everything, and that is our Ministry of Health. They don't need to let the speculation carry on with the information they have, they could put this to bed immediately. Could they? Yeah, they could. I mean, of course, we, what, one thing we didn't haven't discussed, which is the other thing that was a kind of like a, an issue with the data was that it was, it, it was only on the vaccinated. This is a, this oh, is okay. a data. Yeah. 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 Asian records, right? What we don't have is the control group um, of the unvaccinated. Cause that's the, that's the comparison that you really, but they'd have that. They'd have that, wouldn't they? They had that, of course. They must have that. So they could put that out tomorrow if if there's nothing to see here, and we would all go, okay, all right, yep, we get it, thank you, and on, and on that, we go. And that's what we've asked. Now, of course, in the UK, when the Office of National Statistics was produced, you know they've actually stopped producing, they've actually mm. stopped mm. and I'll tell you what I believe that is in a minute, but they were producing not, you know, um, I wouldn't say regularly, but when they produced it, they did produce the the weekly figures since the start of the vaccination program. They were producing the figures on mortality by vaccination status. So we did have, and, and I mean, it wasn't very good data because it was in very, very crude age categories. 
and we had to rely on their modeling and we know there are problems with their modeling to get it as sort of an age standardized form to get around this sort of age confounding but they were at least attempting or claiming to sh show the weekly um mortality figures for both the vac you know vaccinated and the unvaccinated and also the different types of the different classes of vaccination one two three or four dose vaccinated and above right so you were able to make those comparisons and of course by doing so that's where we found that there were flaws that's where we knew there were flaws in their data because that's where we saw you got this massive peak in non-covid mortality in each age group shortly after the vaccination program peaked in 2021 each age groups right and of course we said well hang on a sec that's because that people are dying shortly after vaccination. That's what you see in this peak in non-COVID mortality. And of course, they were saying, oh, no, it's only it's only the unvaccinated which mm -hmm. are seeing that COVID mortality, right? And, and miraculously, the vaccinated suddenly have a dip. That, you know, they, they, they suddenly don't die of, of things other than COVID after vaccination. Of course, that's when we knew that this was a misclassification problem, right? People... Would be in, people who were dying shortly after vaccination were being misclassified as unvaccinated. So you've got all that stuff coming. But even but even after they eventually they did kind of like fix that that misclassification problem. We we believe in the later data and what the later data was showing. That even without all of the fiddling, even without all the fiddling, was it in the older age groups? You could see actually not in just the older age groups, right? But most of them. Once you once you took account of the fact that they were. Uh, basically underestimating the proportion of unvaccinated, you could see that the all-cause mortality in the vaccinated was higher than in the unvaccinated, right? And you could see it that even with all their fiddling, that was that was that coming. That's the, and at which point, of course, they stopped producing that data. Yeah, that <laughs> patient status. They they announced that there was, since it, I think they, the, the, the the official. The official narrative was that since it's so obvious that the vaccine program has been a success, we don't need to produce this data. Oh, okay, anymore. gee, that's but yeah, that, um, they, I, I mean, they should just do it. They should just produce the, you know, give us the mortality data for the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. It's not that hard. They've got it. Well, there'd be a reason that they wouldn't be doing that because taking the hit on it because they kind of are taking a hit. Um, this has generated all all sorts of publicity, all sorts of debate and arguments. They could they could sort it out like just like that. But to not do that, I think it's fair to read something into that, isn't it? But then, can I ask you something about this? What's been what's the kind of um, word on the street, as it were, about the the kind of like the behaviour of the whistleblower and and Sally uh, Gunn and all that? Uh, Liz, With, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, obviously negatively spoken about, even with people who want to see, you know, the facts and, and think there's something to see here. But, um, yeah, I mean, people uh, are seeing the whistleblower as as a hero. Others are seeing the whistleblower as a thief of information and uh, and part of this sort of um, anti-vax fight, you know. Um, yeah. I'm conspiracy theory amongst the people who, ch who challenged the narrative that, that this was that this was essentially a kind of like a setup you know almost like a uh the the that they all were they, you know, there are people who say people who've like people who've you know been particularly critical for example steve kirsch's yeah analysis that said you know we don't think there's that, that much in this 
you know, we know there are problems with vaccine, but we don't think we don't see it in this in this data set, right? That there's the the narrative that therefore this was it was always known that this was not there wasn't any smoking gun here, and yet people were uh, this was kind of like released almost deliberately to entrap those who were expecting the smoking gun and kind of like expose them as being you know uh, being sort of misinformed and you know that kind of thing and there are people there are pl- i tell you there are a lot of people that i've seen in the uh, you know in the counter covid narrative movement or the freedom movement call it what you like who are that kind of like bought into that narrative i was just wondering if that if like it's a them. psyop kind yeah. of thing yeah yeah a few people have mentioned that myself and others have talked about that amongst ourselves the only thing that kind of shoots that down is that people can measure it off against their real world experience. And you don't have to go far to find people with real world experience in this. Um, so I think that um, if you're attempting a psyop like that, it's, it's a very clumsy ham fisted way of doing it, but yeah. it's always a possibility. Who knows? You know, what's kind of strange, I must say what's kind of strange the way this whole thing with the, you know, the, the whistleblower, whether or not the whistleblower was anonymous, like when he, when he really weird the way they did that you mean with a with winston smith's name but in full view on screen but then then again you know it, it what's also strange and this is again i mean it, this doesn't reflect well at all of course on the new zealand government i mean if they're why why on earth did they even bother to make a thing about you know arresting him and then and you know deleting people's files you know researchers who downloaded it i mean why if you you know why bother if you if you didn't want to, you know if you wanted to keep it quiet and just sort of hope the story just sort of goes away and never gets into the mainstream. Why would they do that? It just seems strange. Well, they handcuffed him, they broke his door down, and they trashed his house. Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. Why did why would they do that? From your professional opinion, this can be cleared up really easily, right? With just some more information, it could be done. And we could get up unless you don't want that information out there. What's the reason they're giving for not releasing the rest of the information? There is, is no it- reason. There is no official reason. And the a- anecdotal stuff that you hear back channel is because we don't need to because there's nothing there. Right. Well, which is what the- yeah, bollocks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> if there's nothing there, let's let show it. The worry, the worry, I do have a worry. Again, yep. that that if they that, that again, are we being set up here? Because with the ONS, you know they they were releasing the data, but it was only us who was by it was showing by kind of fairly deep analysis that the data was systemically biased and flawed. Yep. Right, because that you know, other than us and people who've read our stuff, people point to the ONS still point to that ONS data so to show, look, there isn't anything there. The vaccine, if actually the evidence is that the vaccines are safe and effective from that data, right? And the worry is that the same thing, they'll they'll pull the same kind of stunt in New Zealand eventually and they'll they'll have the same kind of systemic biases and flaws. I mean, the, the easiest one will be that, that they'll give, uh, I mean, the way the ONS did it is they have a biased data set to start with. It's just a subset. It's not the whole yeah. population. And um, and therefore, if you want to extrapolate the whole population, you have to do an you have to you have to at the very least get an estimate of how many people are unvaccinated for the right to get the right sort of denominator 
for the mortality rate. And they simply said, they said, well, it's, it's 8% overall, whereas we knew it was 20%, and that completely skews the... Well, there will be another factor, Norman, here, because no one quite knows the number. We've been told yeah. 90%, but a lot, a lot of folk suspect it's lower than that by, you know, maybe 20% lower than that, possibly. Yeah. And if that's the case, I guess that's a reason for not releasing them, because you'd be seen to be lying. Yeah, but they, I mean... They could, as I say, they could do what the OMS does and just release a biostate set where you have got a much higher proportion yeah. for a vaccine. Yeah. I mean, what we, I've actually just, at the meeting, I, so I was at the meeting where Steve Kirsch and Robert Malone and Ryan Cole and all the others at the House of Parliament last Monday, uh, sorry, Monday a week ago, the 4th of December. Then, did you hear about this? Andrew Bridgen arranged a meeting oh, yes. in the House. Yep, I watched a bit of that. Yep. Meeting. So I, I was there at that and they all did their presentations and it was a bit strange because two presentations uh were going to be done by video one was peter mccullough and the other was mike yeadon and they 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 managed to not be able to show those because they couldn't get an audio visual person to get the sound work in and stuff like that so it was all a bit weird that those didn't get presented i think they didn't want to hear mike yeadon's presentation in particular maybe because it was a little bit too um, let's say uh, challenging and uh, yeah, he's um, yeah yeah we know what he thinks. <laughs> so anyway, that so that but the other guy spoke. Um, also, there was a uh, Gus Dalglish, the oncolog UK oncologist, you know, talking about sort of all the turbo cancers that have been seen, and you had Ryan Cole there also talking about the massive increase in cancers in you know vaccinated patients. Robin Malone doing his bit. Um, Pierre Corey talking about, you know, the fact they ignored all the ivermectin early treatment stuff and what stuff, Steve Kirsch. And at the end of the meeting, because it's incredibly, nobody believed that the, the MPs were going to turn up. Of course, Steve Kirsch spoke about New Zealand data. Hmm. But at the end of the meeting, um, no, nobody believed that MPs were going to turn up, but actually quite a few did. I think in total there were something like 20 MPs or people in the House of Lords. Okay, yeah. It was uh, David Davis, right? And he's a very senior figure. I mean, he uh, not that long ago, he, he probably would have, if not for the usual Tory party shenanigans, he would have been, he could have been the, the Conservative Party leader and therefore the Prime Minister, right? So he's not a, this is a, a substantial, you know, politician. And he asked, he asked Steve, because Steve Kirsch was basically saying, making this point, you know, they need to just release all of, he called it the record level data. Well, it's just the detailed data on the, you know, on, on mortality of the vaccinated and unvaccinated. So he was asking, um, he'd been, you know, talking about that. And, and, and what David Davis, he asked Steve Kirsch, he said, well, tell me what hypothesis I need to put, like in our case, to the Office of National Statistics to get all of the data which will really settle this once and for all. And Steve Kirsch kind of like, you know, mumbled a couple of things. And then Robert Malone actually said, well, you should ask Norman Fenton because he's the person, you know, most, you know, sort of equipped to answer this. And I was kind of like put on the spot. <laughs> and I, I, I have been, and all I said, what I said was that it's probably best because we have asked, we've put a number of hypotheses to the ONS, but it's quite detailed and I'll actually write it up. I'll send you an email with the with the hypothesis and a list of the data that we were asking for and i've actually now sent that i've actually actually today i'll put out on my sub stack 
that response, right, which has gone to the which has gone to David Davis. And we are our, what we're asking for, which we've never had, right, but which must be available, right, must be available, is is simply for every person in the UK, and of course it would be in this, this is whatever countries it applies to whatever country. What we want to know for every person, right, for whom there is a medical record of some sort. So whether it's whether they're registered with a GP or they've ever been to a hospital or had had a vaccination, we want that. We want the following information collated for them, right? We want to know what their age. We want to know what their age is. Obviously, it has to be anonymized. What their age is. We want to know what uh, record any existing recorded serious comorbidities they had prior to. 2021 what recorded hospitalization visits they've had since whether or not they've had been uh recorded as, as a covid case since dates of any vaccination and if relevant dates when they died suitably anonymized you can do sort of adjustments which mean you can't track back a person there's all kind of, there's various ways you can anonymize this data so if they yeah. say we can't get because it because it it, it will uh, de-anonymize them that's nonsense there are ways of doing it okay yeah. all we're asking for now the of course the what the ons will say we i know what they'll say they'll say well it's too complicated to get that we've only got a subset of that data for those those who are registered with the gps they'll say if you want to get the other stuff you have to go to the nims another system the nims system or oh, the hospitals have their own records they can't get the hospitalization data that's in separate records no they can get that if they want to get it, they should get it. And the only people, I mean, what, what are the Office for National Statistics for if they can't collate that data? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We would know the answers to all, and I put all of the hypotheses down there, you know, whether or not the vaccines are safe, whether or not the vaccines are effective, whether or not increasing, you know, do, so I put it in the positive terms, so the hypothesis, we want to, we want to, you know, the null hypothesis is that the vaccines are safe and other vaccines are, are effective you know that, that increasing the dosage doesn't increase mortality and uh, a number of other we, we, we put a number of other hypotheses also all, everything and we we would deal be able to deal also with all the confounders about you know existing uh, morbidity about whether or not you know covid of course also we want to know whether it was death for registers we want to know the sort of the cause the primary cause of death as well sorry that was the other thing yeah in particular primary cause i mean it's not a matter of you know you'll as I say it'll be out today on, on my sub stack but it's not a it's not a massive amount of information we're asking for it's information which they've got but they'll say it's in different systems yeah that's what they'll say. but it's not hard to put that together and to link you know so if you've got a, if if joe blogs you know went to hospital you know, having a heart attack in March 2022, and that will be in some hospital record somewhere, or be with the GP or whatever. And if if that that same person had two vaccinations, you know, in whatever January of 2021, then you know they might be in different systems, but they can be collated. You will know yeah. there are ways to link that person. That's all we're saying. That's what we're asking for, and we're asking for that for Obviously, you're still not going to get everybody here because no. I can. There'll be people who, obviously, people who've never had any medical problem and never had a vaccination and aren't registered for GP. You won't capture those, right? So it's already it's already going to be biased, right? And it's already incidentally going to be biased in favour of vaccine safety because all those to help 
healthy people who didn't get the vaccine and didn't die will not be recorded. No. So you know, that yeah. a bunch of, of, of unvaccinated who don't die, who don't appear in the system. Okay, yeah. so... And, and well, we need that too, don't we? I mean, it's, you've just described what we we need to a similar. Yeah, it's going to be different. What I'm saying that though there are some people, and quite and, and in the millions rather than hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands actually in the UK because of how many immigrants and illegal immigrants we've got and stuff like right. that. Yeah, and also off the system. There are, there are people who are off the system. You've also inter- interestingly enough got because of the, the haphazard way they did the vaccinations. They had these pop-up centres, yeah, right, yeah. Actually, and a lot. Actually, you'd be surprised that there were people who got vaccinated for whom there is no vaccination record because they never they they just walked in, vaccinated a bunch of people, and didn't properly record anything about those people, right? So we ha- we know there are, there are cases like like that. But set against that, I don't know if you, did I, I don't know if we discussed this last time. There's an interesting uh, anecdote again about how bad the records are. That even if we get this data. It will be there. Will be lots of junk in there, but hopefully, if you get it on a on the scale that I'm asking for, all of that you know that stuff will be sort of washed out with the with yeah. the with the set. But you know, in our I'm, I'm in like a sort of a small WhatsApp group of you know sort of people who um, let's say have been especially concerned about sort of you know challenging the sort of official COVID narrative, and there there are five UK people in there. In that WhatsApp group, um, some of what I mean, one of whom is actually vaccinated, um, but the others are unvaccinated. So you've got four unvaccinated, definitely unvaccinated, ever vaccinated people in there. Do you know what? Two of those people have eat. They each have a record in their on their GP uh, that on their you know, register with their GP have got a COVID vaccination registered with a date registered against them. Oh, Twice. yeah. Both the system, two of those, two out of the four are double vaccinated when they never had a vaccine at all. How, how, sorry, am I missing something? How, how, how did that happen? We've got no idea. And, they've, and, they've got, and they were in locations where they couldn't possibly have been on those dates, according to the system. They were well, vaccinated. people were being paid for delivering the vaccine, weren't they? So it's not um, uh, um, out of this world to think that there was a lot of scamming going on. Two out of four. I'm okay, concerned. You can't infer. But we know that there are plenty of, uh, of people, plenty of vaccination records. And the numbers, again, this is a number of way they 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 exaggerated the number of people who were vaccinated. Oh, OK. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that one works. Yeah. So, you know, th- there are all kinds of things. So but but if we do get the data and they and they don't pull some massive scam on it like that, like like just add in like thousands of, of, of um, ghost vaccination records. But if we got it without that, you know, or there aren't too many of those, then we they would all be settled once and for all. Yeah, because um, ghost vaccination records of people who never received it would uh, bolster the claim that it was safe. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll look out for that here too, I suppose. All right, so to conclude... Um, how important then is okay? It's not the smoking gun, but it's another brick in the wall. This this data is it? Another, it's a it's another national data set. Yeah, 
for all the for all the problems that I mean, people were originally were, were saying, "Oh, it's fab. It must be fabricated. I don't, it's not fab. That data's not fabric. I don't believe that data's fabricated at all, right? Yeah. I think that's a real, and it is, and it is indeed all of. And I believe it is all of the data from that pay, um, paper dose system. So it is a complete data set, albeit a subset, only a subset of all of those, uh, albeit. Yeah, only a subset of all those vaccinated in New Zealand, but a very big subset of that. Yeah, yeah. Bias, which, you know, yeah, because certain systems are going to, you know, they're going to be biases, and there was a bias in there, but but not but notwithstanding that, we did, you know, Steve did the analysis in the different age categories to get around that bias, and 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 there is the signal. This, there is a safety signal there that, that that's um, in the, and a significant, you know, safety signal in the elderly. Who you know, we so were not, doing it for. <laughs> not any, any more than what we've seen in other countries, right? But therefore, it's yet another country for which we're, for which there is evidence that the vaccines, you know, may be doing more harm than good because there yeah. seems to be, there seems to be a small increase in all cause mortality in non COVID mortality in those who had the vaccine in, in the elderly age groups. That's what it, that's what I, I believe is is there. And could it be that um, that data set? Um, reflecting the elderly bias, let's say, is could be something to do with the way or with the groups that were providing the services to those uh, particular clients, like rest homes it, and and uh, databases of of clients and medical centres, etc. Because there were a whole lot of other people that were um, in other programs where we had a lot of uh, Maori people and their sort of tribal iwis were dealt with separately of that system. Um, you know, uh, there were those mass vaccination campaigns as well where people turned up in supermarket yeah. car parks tending yeah. to be younger people is really the point I'm making. That's why. That's why there's nothing sinister. There was, the, you know, you, that's why you always will get that type of bias when you're looking at some sort of subsystems like that because they were, they were dedicated to a particular demographic of the population. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for giving us a bit of time, Professor Norman Fenton. It's good to have you on our radio station again. And um, we'll see how this this develops, developing story, as they say in news. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'll be watching the New Zealand news on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we might have to get you back, depending on what happens, if you don't mind. I know you're busy. All right, great. We'll see. Okay, thanks for giving us some time. All the best until yep. we talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to, either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057, or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.